How y'all today? Jesus. You know how I beat so many devils? I make them think they winning. And then they show their complete force. And we just blow them away. <clears throat> A couple of verses I want to read with you. <clears throat> While you're looking them up, one of them, over in Hebrews chapter 6. No, it's not right. Hebrews eleven six. That's what it is. Yeah. Now I've got it. Not six eleven eleven six. Jesus. I want my wife to come up here, and uh, I don't know what she's going to say, no telling. But I want her to uh, come up here and uh, share with y'all a minute. She's got lots to say, this lady. Go right ahead. You do fine. Good morning. Jesus. God bless you. It's a good day to serve God. Thank you, Jesus. God called us. Into the ministry. It's been almost 25 years ago. And I was like most women. I wanted to do anything except keep a home. <laughs> I didn't like washing dishes. I didn't like sweeping floors. And, uh, you know, it's easy to let somebody else tend to your kids while you're busy. But when God called David to Mexico, he didn't necessarily call me. But I knew if David was called, I was called. And I asked God, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to keep house. I thought it was Oops. the devil talking. Because <laughs> that, that didn't seem too spiritual to me. But that's what God told me to do. I want you to keep house. I want you to take care of your husband, your children, and your home. And it, like I said, it didn't seem too spiritual. But God put in me a heart to be obedient. So I said, okay, God, if that's what you want me to do, I'll do it. And at first I did it. Not joyful, not with thanksgiving. And I realized I was missing out on the blessings of God. Because in the Bible it says you've got to do it with joyfulness and thanksgiving in your heart. And do it as unto the Lord. And when I read and I learned that that's how to do it, and that that's how to receive the blessings of God, then it became important to me. It became a good thing. And I decided that in my life I was going to be the best wife the best mother, the best homemaker the world's ever seen. And one of these days you'll hear that Miss Hogan was one of the best. <laughs> and I thank God. I didn't know back then. Nobody knew David and I. Nobody was behind us. Just God, which that's enough. We found that out for sure. And uh, I didn't know what God was going to do. Now he's, he's taken us not only into the jungles of Mexico, where we thought we would be forever, He's brought us all over the world. We've touched lives all over the world. And I just thank God for that obedience that he put in my heart. <laughs> thank you. God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> See, everybody thinks she's just this little quiet thing sitting over there so nice. But let me tell you, I know the real woman. Fire. Hebrews 11. I see y'all brought some handkerchiefs. A lot of them. 
We're going to pray for them directly. I wanted to preach over them first in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> you know, there was a, one, of the, one of my favorite, there's a, probably several thousand stories about these handkerchiefs, but probably one of my favorite ones is just, it's just amazing. This fella, he was an elder of a church up in, uh, right on the Canadian border. And uh, he come up to me after we had been praying for a few thousand people. And he'd, he come up to me and he says, I got to have that handkerchief, son. I said, not till I'm through with it, you can't have it. He said, I'll stand right here. So he stood right there for probably three hours, I bet you. And I was watching him the whole time, taking my time. So I handed him that handkerchief. It was, I mean, crinkled up, sweated up, all, all over it, just needing a good washing. <laughs> Problem was, he decided he had an idea what he needed to do with that thing. So he carried that thing up into, up into Ontario where his mama was dying. She was really an old lady. 80-some-odd, I think, 82 or 84, I don't remember. He took that handkerchief, went up in there. This lady had been in a coma for days. I think about, I want to say, six months or more that she was in a coma. And she had been on her back for over two years because she had had these things, these strokes, you know. And it had put her down. Down. And she's old and everybody's just, I guess, waiting around for her to die. He went up in yonder and did what I told him to. He laid that handkerchief right square on top of her head. She was in a coma. She didn't know any difference. He laid that handkerchief. And the, the, the problem with it was, it wasn't that I minded giving the man my handkerchief, but there was this preacher friend of mine what bought me these really special uh, Hopi and Navajo and uh, Arapaho designed handkerchiefs. And it was my last one. I didn't want to give up that thing. I was thinking the whole time, God, what can I do? I don't want to give him my handkerchief. I'd rather cut off my shirt sleeve and give it to him. And, but I did. I decided, no, I'm not going to let anything hold me. I just decided I ain't going to do it. Even, even something simple like, you know, most of y'all wouldn't care about it. But to me it meant so much because of the man that gave it to me was then dead, and he was a friend of mine, and, uh, oh well, sentimental, who cares? See you later. Well, he laid that handkerchief square on top of that lady's head. Same thing in Jesus' name, the God that this man preaches, be healed, mama. That lady sat straight up in the bed, Phew. swung her feet off the bed and got up and walked out. She was healed, she walked the doctors couldn't believe it. They had the container to make sure she was, but she was completely healed. Went home fine. She was, she was so fine. She was so fine that she wouldn't stay with anybody, and she wouldn't have anybody stay with her. She was staying alone in her house. Y'all remember a couple of years ago when that uh, that uh, big snowstorm hit up there? It was an extra, it was a meter deep snow. That, that, that just came out of nowhere. Well, it hit her, it hit around her. 
And so all these people's nervous and worried about her. And so they went over there, they called her, she wouldn't answer the phone. So of course, you immediately figure the furnace went out and she froze to death or had another stroke. Or, so man, they just took off and everybody went over there. And they get there, they beating on the door and it snowed. They had to plow to get there. And, and so they got it, finally they got in the house with their keys. They couldn't find her anywhere. And then they, finally one of them looked out the back and there was where somebody had been snow shoveling. But the problem was it, was, it was a few meters out there, and the shovel was laying there, and there was a hole in the snow. So everybody's just freaking out. Man, they go busting out that door, and they go running back there. And there was Grandma laying in the snow making snow angels. Anyway, she was so happy about being healed, she sent me my handkerchief back. So that one is put up. Now it's got lots of value to me, and it's right beside my nightstand, and ain't nobody going to touch it. That right there is inheritance property. Costs about $2.00. But it means a lot to me. Okay. Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 6. Jesus. Holy Ghost. Jesus. What about Jesus? What about Jesus? Come on, Holy Ghost. What about Jesus? I figure y'all probably, most of y'all are probably local. I'm sure there's lots of people from out of town, but I would say more than likely I have a better shot at the local assembly this morning. Wouldn't you say that? So I think I'll take a good shot. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Holy Ghost. Verse 6. Without faith. Without faith, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Jesus, I don't care how pretty you are or who your daddy and mama is. Jesus. I don't care if you drive a nice town car around or Mercedes Benz or Beamer. Whoop de stinking do. That thing's gonna rust before my faith wears out. You put too much stock in something made by man. Something wrong with that. Jesus. But you know what? God, you know, you know that God does not care if you have a hundred of those things? He, you know, I really believe in my heart. I honestly believe that God don't care if you have enough for one, uh, to drive a different one every day of the month. And put a new suit on for every day of the month. God don't care. 
That's not what that, that's not what the problem is. Having it. It's that it possesses you instead of you possess it. Jesus. It takes faith to please God. It takes faith to please God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Without faith it's impossible to please and be satisfactory to God for whoever will come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that He is a rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek Him. Now turn the page over to a couple of pages over to 12, Hebrews 12. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Verse 24. Hebrews 12, 24. You know, I wish I could give y'all some, have them throw up on that screen if there's some, some method or equation. That's what y'all are all into. And, and you do this and it equals this and you do this and it equals this and those two together equal this and then you get to be who you want to be in God. That's why y'all take everybody's anointing and take all them books and read them and pour over them and read them. And uh, if you got this book, if you got that book, oh yeah, I've read that, oh yeah, I've done this. Problem is you ain't doing a cotton-picking thing you're reading. So what if you got the book? Do you understand that the Jews, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin court had the best documents the world has ever seen explaining God's glory, but they did not have it. I'm talking about authentic writings of Moses and Aaron, right on down the lineage. David, Solomon, authentic paper it was written on. It didn't help them. You have to have faith. You have to learn how to write those documents. You have to continue the chapters. You have to have faith. I want it, brother Hogan. How do I get it? You know how to get it. You won't. Now, you're making me mad. That's my intentions. Show me. You show me. Mine is out there. Where's yours? You've got God. So do I. Why are they different? I'm not any different than you. I have the same problems. I have, I'm not probably, I would say my responsibility is a little bit larger. I may have a little bit more problems. Just a few thousand probably. There's things I could bore you with, disappoint you with. The problems that are right now existing, there are things I've got to do when I get back home that you don't want to do. 
and I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to kill the devil. The devil has got to die. That's just the way it is. You feel like you, for some reason, which y'all can't, y'all haven't been able to produce for me yet, that you have to coexist with your enemy. What is that? That is anti-Christ attitude. Whoops. Look what I called you. But I only called you that if the shoe fits. Jesus. Jesus. His stronghold fighting time. You don't fight strongholds by patting demons. You fight strongholds by confrontation, drawing the sword of the Spirit, and you go to cleverly working with it against the devil and using it against the demons that are trying to work on God's people and destroy you. You won't win a compromised life. You will not win. You will lose. I've got some news for you. It takes faith to please God, and God has set up a covenant for us. A blood covenant. He killed his own boy. I've got a 27-year-old boy. I wouldn't suggest you touching him. I love that old boy. Me and him are friends. He's a good one. Man, I like working with him. He makes some of the stupidest mistakes. But I still like working with him. Because he loves Jesus. Because he understands covenant. Because I taught him covenant. I taught him how to die. I taught him how. Just a few months ago, he was out in the village. God, this irritates me. Oh, man. He was out in the village. Doing what I taught him and what God taught him. Getting your little four-wheel drive forward. Fire up that most powerful civilian machine. <laughs> you go out there and along the way you pick up brothers and you, your truck's full of them. You got elders and pastors, men, good men. Going along, bumpity, bumpity, bump, four wheeling, pulling out a Chevrolet every now and then out of a hole. Every now and then you got a Chevrolet in the back and you're pushing a Dodge. <laughs> Tell you, them Dodges are worthless. We've tried them. They ain't no good. Front end goes out every three or four months. They ain't no good. The rest of it's awesome. Motor's perfect. Jesus. <laughs> That's not my opinion. It's the truth. Jesus. <laughs> Holy Ghost. But anyway, he's going along. Not knowing, because I personally have not found out a way 
to get God to tell me every time we're going to get in trouble. He just refuses to tell us. But he lets us keep on walking down that trail. Now, I'm a good daddy. And if there's a snake, old cottonmouth laying over there, and my little boy is walking down the trail, Louise sitting right over there. And I see that cottonmouth, I ain't going to let Louise walk up there and get bit by that old cottonmouth. Do you know how God is? Let me tell you how God is. He made the cottonmouth. Just like he made me. Cottonmouth has got to be dealt with. The problem is these people that are filled with demons, he loves them too. And the only way he's going to get them people touched by the Holy Ghost power is if they see that his power and somebody's faith is greater than the demon that's leading them. So that's why you and I have to go through obstacles. See there? I just gave you a key to life. That's why you need faith. That's why you need to trust Jesus. That's why you, you can't know that everything, you, you like your life planned out to the end. But the strange thing about it is, you never get what you planned. It's just very rare that somebody does. But yet all of you keep trying the same old thing. Percentages are so low that it's going to work. But you just got to try the great American dream. Praise the Lord. Well, I bailed on you. I'm not in your dream. I'm in God's. I'm in faith of the Holy Ghost. That boy of mine, I've been teaching them the same thing. You've got to do it. Don't look to this way we've seen for a couple of centuries around here. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Look to faith in God. Look to trusting and relying on the Holy Ghost. Well, that boy of mine went to church just like I, he's been his whole life doing. He parked that thing in the same spot. I started this church probably... Fifteen years ago. Now he's responsible for it. He went there, got out of his truck, him and all the brothers, and walked down to the church through the jungle, just like we've done for years. They all get in the church, and they're waiting on the people to come out of the mountains. They're handling problems. The pastors and the elders are handling the area problems, and they're talking it over. My son's writing and taking notes so he can tell us later, doing all that stuff you're supposed to do. They hear gunshots. <laughs> Rapid fire semi automatic. Jesus. Jesus. It's not a good thing you want to hear in the jungle. These women come screaming into the church. I mean, a whole bunch of Jesus. This is what you got to know. Boy, it burnt my mean. I, my instantly burned when I heard this. That boy of mine was telling me about faith in God and about God's deliverance, and I'm just, I mean, I almost went ballistic. I want to go right now and get the demon. But God has already taken care of things. 
Because see, what happened was, this is an amazing story. Right where my boy parked his truck, where we always have for years, sitting in the bushes are some assassins. Semi-automatic weapons and pistols. When my boy drove up, they're right in the bushes, right there. They never saw the truck. The truck is parked, ten foot of them, and they don't see it. They don't see the truck, they don't see my boy, and they don't see them Indians. And everybody got out like we always do, milled around there a few minutes, drank some water, loaded up the backpacks. It takes probably 15, 20 minutes to gear up and go. Everybody went down the hill, big procession. The guys, the assassins, never saw the vehicle. Then they saw, the, they saw the ladies walking up the road, jumped out of the trail. Well, them other guys didn't come, but we're going to kill y'all trucks right behind them. And they don't know it's there. So they loaded down on them women. <laughs> Nobody was hit. Every bullet was deflected. So they just screamed and took their kids and run down to the thing. The guys went up in the woods and... So the story goes, the town people rose up, went and chased them down, caught them, brought them back. So, <clears throat> without faith, it's impossible to please God. But with faith, you're pleasing to God. You are a sweet-smelling odor to Him. He appreciates, loves you, honors you blesses you. I'll tell you, if you love God, you are in the best place in the house. Even though occasionally you get put in the worst position. The position you're in, even though it seems to our, our mind like it's the weakest spot, it's not. It's your strongest moment. If you look at it by faith and trust and reliance on the Holy Ghost. But if you look at it through you sorting it out, you figuring it out, we better not ever go back there again. Yeah. Problem is, I announced. I had them go back and announce. My boy ain't coming. I'm coming. He want a target. Come get me. I'll be there. Put it through the whole mountainside. Thing is, because of what happened, fear gripped our enemies, and they fled from us. Isn't that something? Brother David, that's amazing. Really? There's hundreds of those stories. What about that, huh? Look at this, and I'm going to tell you why. Because I believe what this says. I really trust God. I honestly do. Honestly. I can't never tell you because I get up like I am today. And I start preaching. And I can't tell you what God's got planned and what He's going to do. But I know that it's right. And it may not go along with what i got planned. But in a minute, He'll intervene. Or a demon will. Something will happen to... 
cause God's plan to go into effect. Yeah, that's so. But when things start changing around you, like they're going to do, America, you don't run. Because there ain't no place to run. The rest of the world don't live like you do. Did you know there's only a few countries in the world that live like y'all? The rest of the world live way below. And you're mad because you want more. Well, you little prideful, greedy, selfish thing, you. You ain't getting it. God's coming. He's going to set things in order. I'm telling you, he's coming. Come on, Holy Ghost. I fear that day as much as you do. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to do my best to trust him. Because he's real. He's reality. Look here in uh, Hebrews 12, 24. Jesus, the mediator. He's the go-between. He's the agent that acts for us. Of a new covenant. New covenant. New covenant. Well, it's 2,000 years old. New covenant. Brand new. You said, why don't we? Thank you very much. Oh, you got some ready right there. That's good. New covenant. New covenant. It's new every day, Pastor. I don't care what you know. Today we got a new day. Isn't that something? Thank you again. Is it that good stuff? Showed up. <laughs> New covenant. And look at this. And to the sprinkled blood. You got to understand that your past life, even as a Christian, is not up to snuff. Y'all understand that term up here? You ain't doing right. You got to change. We gotta to come to the covenant. We gotta to come to the cross. We gotta to come to the blood of Jesus. We gotta to come to grips with faith in the name of Jesus. We have to understand that God commands us to trust Him. You don't have a vote. We don't work in a democratic society. We work in a dictatorship. His way or no way. You don't have a vote. Well, what? What? Go for it. Show me. Hmm. But look at the blood. See, this is what you got to understand. I so much believe in the power of the blood. People ask me all the time about this progressive Christianity. I mean, all the time. Let me just give you a clue. There ain't no devil. Double negatives. Ain't no devils. Can stand against the blood of Jesus. 
I understand that you have problems occasionally and that they seem to dominate you. Let me tell you something. That's out of your own will. That's you wanting it. It ain't because the blood ain't strong enough. I have trouble with this kind of doctrine, Brother Hogan. That ain't all you're going to have trouble with. That Holy Ghost is coming. And he's got a rod in his hand. It's called a correction. And it's going to happen. And it's going to start with the church. It's coming. It's coming. I fall on the mercy of God in Jesus' name. Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something. The blood which speaks of mercy, a better and nobler and more gracious message. Do you understand that the blood speaks for me? Do you understand that it was carried to the very altar of heaven and found pure? The blood of Jesus speaks for me. I am a mistake happening. But the blood cleanses, covers, forgives, and blesses me. I've been forgiven. Oh, praise His name. Problem is, I figured that out now. The trouble you have with me is I know I'm forgiven. And there ain't no amount of eye contact with me to change that. <laughs> December the 28th, 1998. We had one of the best services I've ever been in. You wouldn't, I don't think it's possible for you to comprehend what I'm going to tell you now. We've had three visitations of Shekinah presence. Do y'all understand that term, right? We've had three of them where God came in visible form and sat out on us. Okay? Each time it has changed us drastically, the whole ministry. Every time. We're due another one. It's coming soon. In Jesus' name. First time it was a smoke gray color. Second time it was a blue color. Third time it was gold color. And this January, I mean December service, was not one of those times that we saw Shekinah present. There were people there that did, but it wasn't visible to all. There were many people that saw Jesus. They saw angels. They saw gifts. They saw... We, that In our services... You get a dozen, two dozen people that gets visited with open-eyed visions every service. That's every day, every service. It's just, it's almost impossible to explain to you that kind of presence of God. Um, I don't have the words for it, actually. But this fella, Brother Jose... Brother Jose is uh, one of our lead pastors. He is not a director. In our work, an elder can't be an elder if they can't raise the dead. 
in your work if they run a local business and have money, they're an elder. Jesus. That really irritates people when I say stuff like that. I mean, that the, the needle on the little machine that, that, uh, that has the religious demons in it spikes. I mean, spikes, baby. She went past the red. Probably broke the needle on that one. Jesus. Sad day. But somehow we have managed to make our work a spiritual work. Somehow. I don't know how. I guess because I'm just stubborn. And I just refuse to allow finances and those sorts of business things run the spiritual life of the church. I, I just won't do it. I don't agree with that. They're two completely different things. They don't mix. See, the blood speaks. The blood is up there. God accepted the atonement. God allowed us the freedom. God gave us liberty through Jesus' blood. We've got it. It's ours. The blood is talking for us. Jesus is actually sitting down at the right hand of the Father... Make an intercession to God for us. That's happening right now as we speak. All right. Now, saying all that, and really charging you up, making you sweaty a little bit from the anger, that's good for you. It's really healthy. <clears throat> Just as healthy as the laughter is. Did you know that what you've got to get a hold of is that when we, when, when God allows these kind of services into an area, it really moves around demonic hosts. When unity and people are drawing on each other, it really moves demons around. And they get excited. And they start bringing their own visitation around. How about that? Jesus. So you got to be capable in the Holy Ghost of not defending, but offending the demon and destroying him. I don't, if I was you, I wouldn't even call him up if I wasn't going to fight him and kill him. Just leave him alone. Don't worry about the fight. Just quit, quit the fight. Just wait till you can kill Man, you got an odd way of looking at things. Maybe, but dead people get up. Maybe, but blinded eyes open, lame walk. Cancers fall off and out of people. I don't irritate me, Hogan. Good. I'm trying to. I'm, I really want to abrasively work on things that are complacent. You as a body, if you intend to reach an area, especially this kind here that's got the glitter all over you, 
the wrong one down here. Where was that? Somewhere down here. You got an extra special duty on you and responsibility. You could reach the world if God would give you a lighthouse here that could overshadow that demon down there. I'm not kidding you. Look, Brother Jose, we have the best service. I, I just, there ain't no explaining it to you. You just, you just should have been there. That's all I got to say. And we all went home. Everybody was home. We was amazed at the power and presence of God because it was mainly ministers there. And how God had blowed in the place and just blew it up. And, but he wouldn't leave us alone. Went on for hours. He was just messing with us the whole time. Nobody was in control except the Holy Ghost. There wasn't this thing of putting everybody on lines and praying. Son, there was people being knocked out into the mud and, and, and try to get out of it and just get their turning. And you... So we're all trying to discuss this and try to sort out what we just saw. We're home talking about the power of God. And every one of us have the same story that that's what happened. But Brother Jose is a little bit different. He's the lead pastor in that area. He's the bullseye from the demon. And so the Holy Ghost... <laughs> I sure hope iron sharpens iron. We're going to need to be sharp. There's a war coming. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Here's my answer to that. Come on. Let's go. What you got? Because it ain't enough. I know that. And these principalities know I know it. And it grates on them that God will let me stand up here and do that to them. I mean, they've been in control for years. Literally millenniums. And you can stand up and look them in the eye and take them by the beard. It's like they used to in the olden days in the Bible. Take the sword of the Spirit and just take their head off. <laughs> That impresses the, the spirit world, I'll tell you. <laughs> Boy, I like it. Can you tell I like that? I like it. I really get off on that now. That, that thing of fighting these demons is something else. Because the reason we're making so much ground now is because of the wars we fought back here. We're now reaping fruit of past seed time. We're harvesting what we sowed a few years ago. Now, Brother Jose is an upstanding man. I've been knowing this guy for years. He's a, I can ask him to do anything. He'll do it. So I don't ask. That's why I try not to ask him to do anything but what God would ask him. And so... He's home, he's sitting down with his wife at this table, and their house is made out of sticks. 
It's a dirt floor and a grass roof. He's an Indian. And they're sitting there drinking a little old coffee late at night. And there's a bang on the door. It rattles. He wondered who in the world would come this late at night. He gets up and walks over there, opens the door. Guess who's standing there? The devil is standing there. Now, what I'm fixing to tell you now, you ain't used to. You ain't used to somebody getting up here and talking about it. You used to everybody acting like everything's okay and nobody ever has a fight. You're used to hiding your difficulties. I'm used to expressing them and figuring out how we got into it and how to avoid it next time. That's how we're so powerful. Because I'll sit down with my leaders and we talk about problems as men. And we sort it out and we fight about it till we get it fixed. We don't let it run and gain momentum and hurt people and destroy lives. That's a devil from hell. He's one of my, he's not, he's an Indian, but he's my son in the faith. I, I led him to Jesus. I, I've helped put the Word of God into him. He's, I like him. He's a good boy. I really like his wife. She is tough as nails. Man, she's something else. That demon grabbed this guy by the throat. Now, here we go. We're going off into somewhere you don't want to go. But there's a reason why you have the armor of God and the blood covenant and the, and the potential of the name of Jesus, the potential of the Holy Ghost. And it's not just to get you a parking spot at Walmart. Jesus. That devil took my parking spot. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. That demon went square inside my brother's mouth. But Brother Dave, don't butt me. I don't have any answers. Jesus. That demon climbed inside his mouth and choked him to death. You just left the best meeting of your life. And then there's a devil shows up. Of course, none of y'all have ever experienced that. That's wrong. Nearly every one of you have. In some way or another, the demon has come and tried to steal that word out of you, tried to steal that experience away from you, tried to steal that presence of God off of you. Something happens that'll just get you going, and the next thing you know, you just lost what you had, and you... Wonder how you got there. It's a plan. There's a calculated plan against you. But there's a calculated plan for you. Called the covenant of God. Called the blood of Jesus. And it speaks a better thing of you. Jesus. 
Let me tell you something about good, strong women of God. I appreciate them. I got one. Man, they worth their weight and gold, boy. I really like them. That woman of God, her husband's laying dead on the floor. She grabs him. She like, I not die. Not today, devil. But it didn't work. But she's smart. Because I taught her myself. You keep going up in power till you find a rank the demon will listen to. And you don't ever quit trusting God. You hear me? She <laughs> Don't you ever think we're not at war? Because we are. And you as a church body are an army. And you've got to you've got to recognize that. Submit to it and discipline to it. Prayer and fasting, meditation of the scriptures, unity, discipline, perseverance. Come on! Cabinet. Jesus. She grabbed her 12-year-old boy and she said to him, Son, you got to go get Brother Eligio. Eligio is 10 miles through yonder. I mean, 10 kilometers. About six and a half miles. Problem is, he ain't got no flashlight. Everybody's got two or three of them laying around. Not Indians. They don't have any. Just a few of them have one. Jesus. A two-dollar flashlight. Something you take for granted. You're going to get over that one of these days, I'm going to tell you. Jesus. That little old boy obeyed his mama. That's another thing we teach. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Not, not parents, obey your children in the demon. Hello! Jesus. Scriptural stuff. I'm talking scriptural stuff here, too. You know, I thought I'd use a little bit of Bible for you. Jesus. <laughs> Holy Ghost. Oh, I'm after y'all. I want me some of this. I'm going to get some of it too. You want the glory of God? We do it God's way. That's exactly right. We don't just go off into something haphazardly thinking we're going to win. Praise the Lord. No problem. Everything's done for us. You better put your hiking boots on, get your backpack, and a good hunting knife because you're going to need it. Because there's a war out there and you're going to have to stay out there a while till you win. You hear me? Yeah. yeah, Jesus. And I don't mean that. I mean that in the spirit world. You better load up right and do it good. Get the best equipment on you you can. And walk it out, because it's, it's got to be walked out. That little boy running through that jungle, that woman's holding her husband, rocking back and forth, praying in tongues. Help, God, help. Oh, great Holy Ghost, help. That little boy made it through that dark jungle, banging on that door of that preacher's house. He's a, this guy is our director. He's, his prior track record would be the one you'd want to call if he was in that locale. He's raised several people from the dead, probably about 11 or 12. He told that boy, because he and his wife were still up too, drinking coffee, talking about that service. All of us was. It was amazing. And he grabbed his shirt and the way they went running through the jungle. 
He didn't have a flashlight either, even though he's a director. Jesus. I don't spoil them with America. I spoil them with Jesus. Jesus. They don't, they don't need you. They need Jesus. You've put trillions of dollars into benevolence. What's it got you? More war. Jesus. People need Jesus. I'm for feeding them and helping them and blessing them. They need Jesus first. 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 It's my experience as a seasoned veteran. Gimmicks don't get it. Power gets it. Jesus. They make it there. Now, this is where teaching people comes in handy. He busted through that door, saw his friend, observed the situation, took about three seconds. He was down on top, laying slam on top of this guy. Hand to hand, body to body, feet to feet, nose to nose. Be healed in the name of Jesus. He took him by the head and blew life. I breathe. What's this? What's this? This is going to be hard for you. Holy Ghost into you. <laughs> Woo! He got up. He sat down over there in that man's chair. Looked at that man's wife. Said, I need a cup of that coffee right over there. Smell him. How come he ain't wailing and screaming at the top of his voice? Why? Hello? Why? Why? Why is that necessary? It's an emotional outburst, and I'm fine with that, but that's not what brings people back from the dead. What brings people back from the dead is the blood covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's faith that pleases Jesus. Now, that works. <laughs> That man and that woman is sitting over there drinking that cup of coffee when that dead man sat straight up. <laughs> he had been dead a little over three hours when the Holy Ghost raised him from the dead. He started vomiting. He vomited up, I don't know, six times I think it was. And then the seventh time there was this thing came out of him. What did it look like? I ain't going to tell you. You know why I can't tell y'all? Because you'll start a doctrine in the new sect over it. Y'all are amazing people. You're missing the point here. It ain't that he vomited seven times. It's that God came and raised the man from the dead. Jesus. It's the blood that speaks a better message. Go over here with Matthew with me. Will you do that? Y'all had enough of this? I've just about had enough talking. Jesus. This is what we're going to do. We, we, since I figured we've got mainly church people here today, I'm coming after you as a church. I'm trying to teach you some very important points 
on fighting and winning. We said had a meeting as to what brought that demon on. You know what brought the you know what brought the demon to bear on the problem? The problem being the glory of God. Jesus' presence was what brought that. <laughs> Wait a minute. I thought Jesus' presence brought healing and victory. What do you think we've got now? That prince attacked, lost. Now he's defeated. The glory of God brings about a stir and a move. And it's going to take you having faith. It's going to take you understanding the covenant, the blood of God Almighty. And you will win. You will win. Matthew 18. Jesus, come on, Jesus, come on, Jesus. So I was in this conference. I don't believe there was quite 2,000 people in this church, but it was completely full. People were in different overflow rooms and stuff. And they brought this <clears throat> woman down there in a wheelchair. I just have to tell you this, this is fun to me. <laughs> I probably am enjoying this one more than lots of others even though they're all wonderful this lady was sitting there in that wheelchair and she's so excited about God because she just figures this is her time I got through preaching I jumped off that platform it was way up in the air I jumped off of it boom I walked up there and I said how you doing doing good now. You finna touch me, I'm going to be all right. I laid my hands on her and grabbed her and hugged her, backed away from her. Nothing happened. That excitement of healing, of expectancy, of deliverance turned to anger because she didn't get out of that chair. Now, before we go judging her too much in our minds, because you're too chicken to do it here. Right? You sit in that chair for 40 years and then tell me how you're going to act. Till you've done that, just shut up and listen to the story. Oh, I don't like the way you roughhouse me and handle me. I know that. He doesn't let me know that, so that's why I'm going to do it. Jesus. Yeah, but you're overboard. You could be a little bit more calm about it. You live your life, I'll live mine. We'll be judged and we'll see who's left standing in a minute. I can live with that. Sure enough. Because the results I'm getting out of my life and the results you're getting out of yours, I'll, I'll take mine right now. Thank you. Jesus. For your pride. Maybe. That's your opinion. 
God don't hold the same opinion, though, evidently. Holy Ghost. Man, that woman started fussing at me. She started blowing white cotton at me out of her mouth, telling me just how she thought I should have healed her. And I'm just laughing at her. I am so sorry. I'm not the one that heals. You get on after it. you got to be mad at somebody. Go to the source. But if you want to be mad at me, help yourself. i got plenty for everybody. Holy Ghost. <laughs> oh, I love Jesus. She started, she was all twisted up and, and she started turning that chair around and them people that had brought her were so embarrassed. Oh, they pushed her out of that building. Man, she fussed and cussed all the way home. And they said, I ain't, she said, I ain't going back. They begged her, please. Please. She said, ain't no days. I feel humiliated. I this, nigh that, nigh this whole selfish thing. Because that's the truth. All those things she was feeling are real problems. And but finally at the end of the second day, they, they, they brought her, they, they, they talked her into coming back. So she got in the car and came back. She said, I'll tell you what. i tell you, I better get healed. So they rolled her right down the front. I look at her. Son, she sold up like an opossum. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. I got through preaching. I went straight for her. I jumped down there. She was mad. Whoa, she was mad. I held on to that lady. Jesus' name be healed. Thank you, great Holy Ghost. Be healed. She's just mad at me. She's just looking at me. Now, your doctrine, your works mentality tells you, how do you think she's ever going to get healed like that? Well, duh! You're not God. And I'm thankful for that. And you're thankful I'm not, I promise you. Man. Things would be a mess. <laughs> a lot bigger than they are. But you see, she didn't get healed. Well, I have to tell you, she lit up. She looked like a bottle rocket going off. I mean, she was mad, boy. And that twisted up woman, I mean, she was messed up. And the things that was coming out of her mouth, I was just, I was just having a blast. I thought that was the funniest thing I've done in a long time. Well, how can you not take it personal? Because it's not my fault. Hello? How do you know that? You just have to take my word for it. Because I believe in Jesus. She finally, they led her out. Of, she was mad. She was hollering all the way. Them poor old folks that brought her, I felt so 
Oh, Lord, help us, Jesus. They were so embarrassed. They loaded her up. She wouldn't shut up. Man, she was cussing. Now, you got a mad, angry, crippled, cussing woman. How in the world could God do something? I reckon because His ways ain't my way. I guess. My ways would say she ain't going to make it. His ways say, give that woman some grace. They couldn't hush her up. She was loud. They turned that CD player wide open. Finally, she couldn't out-talk it. Lindell Cooley was singing loud as he's ever sung. Finally, she shut up and just sit over there <laughs> puffing. So they were able to turn Lindell down a little bit. All of a sudden, she started screaming out of pain. <laughs> loud. What's the matter with you? I don't know. Her feet caught on fire. Jesus. Fire started. Now you got a mad old cussing, mean old person with bad attitude and characteristics and everything contrary to what your works mentality tells you how to get healed. But the great mercy of God, His love, hello, woo! Fire started running up her legs. She's screaming at Him. I ain't felt my feet. I don't know what it's like to feel them. That's the first time I've felt them in 40 years. Fire went all over her. They stayed and prayed. Her hands straightened out. They carried her to the hospital in the morning. Those doctors, that doctor team that had raised her in this problem, cerebral palsy, looked for cerebral palsy for eight hours. Never found it. They released her heels. <laughs> What's this? <laughs> Here I am, you know, I'm sitting like I'll, I'm just sitting, I'm just looking around at the people like I always do. And I'm sitting over there and all these preachers are sitting around me and I'm sitting there. This woman comes, I mean, barreling, running, boom, boom, around the corner. They missed her. The head ushers tried, but she was too quick. <laughs> She come over yonder, and she latched on to me. I ain't never seen that woman in my life. I'm telling them preachers, this woman's hanging on to me, man. It wasn't Miss Hogan either. I told them preachers, I don't know her. She's going, yes, you do. No, no. That's a problem. I ain't never seen you in my life. Yes, you have. I promise. She's trying to dance with me and hug and kiss me. That's a bad thing. 
I thought, now what kind of a demon spirit's on this brazen hussy? Let me alone, you devil! She said, I ain't no devil. I said, I don't know you. She said, yes, you do. She said, I'm the lady that was in the wheelchair. I said, I do know her. <laughs> I do know her. Cotton picket. Oh, she ain't no hussy. She's, she just was mad. She told me that story. I'm sitting there just amazed. I took that little old lady, and she and I waltzed all over that church. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, the whole church. <laughs> I knew you'd be a better person than me. You just don't want to. That was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. It's getting where it happens more and more regular now. Jeez. <laughs> I knew Miss Hogan was going to get the shotgun. <laughs> Matthew 18. Jesus. Come on, Holy Ghost. <laughs> Boy, what a mess that preacher is. Maybe I'm not in such a mess as you think. What if I'm right? What if this book is real? What if Jesus is really honestly, truly wanting us to walk in blood covenant and walk in faith to please the great God of all times? What if? What if He's wanting to release a power never known to humans? What if? What if He's wanting to release the kind of, what's this, spirit of might that's dominant in our work Everywhere. Worth it. What's this? 70 to 80% of all people we pray for are healed. What's this? There's about 8 or 10 or 12, maybe a, maybe a dozen by now, uh, sicknesses. High-powered stuff, like tuberculosis. Uh, cholera, uh, dengue fever. These are jungle diseases. Everybody we pray for 100% is healed. Whoever we touch is healed. What if God's wanting, desiring, through His covenant, through His Son's blood, through faith that pleases Him to do that worldwide? What if he's wanting to raise up a church of power instead of a religion? What if he's wanting to do that? What if I'm right? I reckon time will tell, won't it? I reckon that's all i got. Just wait and see. Religion's going to fall by the wayside. There'll be, it'll still be there, but it'll be on the side. 
Jesus. Verse 18. Truly I tell you, whatever you forbid and declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit and declare proper and lawful on earth must be whatever what is already permitted in heaven. And I tell you, if two of you... Uh-oh, now look at this. I don't need a church of 10,000. I need one faithful person. How about that? And I can win. Our church is 100,000. And I'll tell you, most of them are faithful. I'm telling you, that's why we're getting all this power. It isn't a, there's no other reason for it. Because there's a few principles in here that we've really dug in on. And I won't back off of them. I'm not going to. I tell you again, if two of you on earth agree, harmonize together with a symphony together about whatever, anything, and everything. My, my. That goes clean out of your categories. Everything you had sorted out just got blowed out. See, God's wanting to heal in our work 100% of the time, 100% of the time. And I'll promise you, we're praying and fasting and seeking God diligently. One day, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to have it. I will possess the power of God. <laughs> I sure will. I hope I can see you when I get to. They may ask, and it will, be, it will come to pass, and be done of them by my Father in heaven. Wherever two or three are gathered, drawn together as my followers, in and unto my name, there I am in the middle of them. I'll tell you, people tell me lots of times, I don't, is Jesus here? Do you love Jesus? Well, yes. So do I. He's here. But I don't feel, if you don't mind showing me that verse, or you have to, I'm telling you, I've been riding home on a horseback at night in the jungle, and the horse starts trembling, and I can't sort it out. Only an American comes there and turns their flashlight on. As soon as that light comes on, you're a target. It gets hit. The light gets hit with every kind of thing you can think of. So I've learned not to turn my light on. And in the dark, things multiply a little bit. Because my night vision is not good as these other things around me. <laughs> You're going to extremes. Maybe I'm just going. I'm going to get to extremes. I will get to extremes. I'm not there yet. But I'm definitely headed to them. That horse finally balked. And just was trembling. And this was a good old war horse. Pretty big old Florida Canyon, they call them. Y'all call them dapple grays. Beautiful, beautiful animal. Oh, I love this guy. His name's Gacho. I love him. 
He just wouldn't move. I kicked him with them spurs. He wouldn't move. He just sit there. And I mean, him ears, and he was just looking. And man, I'm hot. I saw that devil. Finally, finally saw him. This beautiful male jaguar, about 250 pounds. He's just sitting there waiting. He's hungry for American tacos. <laughs> you know what? It was just me and the horse. So I had to get an agreement with the horse. There's going to be horses in heaven. I'm going to ride one. Why y'all sing that song, Yes, Lord, we'll ride, if you ain't planning on riding one of them? <laughs> Matter to y'all. I'm part of the army. I'm going to ride a horse. I don't care what color he is. Just so I can be part of the army. I don't care about placement. I just want to be in there. I don't care. You can be up front. I'll give you place. I don't care. I'll take the dust in the back. I don't care. Because it's gold dust. And it's gold. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Well, I just don't. <laughs> Holy Ghost! So how do you get out of this situation? Sit there and you wonder, now how in the world, why is that? Because cause this guy must really be hungry because even though he's a huge male jaguar, they normally don't attack a full-grown man, especially one on a horse. And, but he's just, I guess he just got devils, what can I say? But I just don't agree with him eating me. Me and the jaguar are not in agreement. Me and the horse are. We want out of here. So now there's two of us in agreement. And that horse is just sitting there. I mean, he's just vibrating. I mean, he's just vibrating. So I figured the best thing to do would be tie them reins on that horn of that saddle. So I did, and I hung on. I dug in, got me a handful of that hair. I reared them spurs back. Whop! And when I hit that horse, I screamed like a wild man. Wow! Well, that scared that horse so bad, he jumped straight up, almost landed on that goofy jaguar, and when he did, that jaguar was not used to things attacking him, so he took off to our right, screaming, wow! Well, when he started screaming, that horse said, say what? Stop! He was flat hauling, buddy. And I'm laying flat down. <laughs> go, 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 man, go. And there were these gates. Five gates. We never checked up. Pow! All five of them. 
That horse didn't stop. It was two miles. He ran off in that river. <laughs> if it wouldn't have been deep, he would have kept, we'd probably still be running. I, I mean, this horse was scared. <laughs> but you see, I got delivered, didn't I? Because me and the horse were in agreement. That horse is my friend. He's better than most humans I've ever met. He's a good boy. Jesus. I never did see that jaguar again. But you know what? I saw another one. There's so many snake stories and jaguar stories. Tigers and lions. But there's a big God. And you see, I got this covenant with him. And he's my friend. And the blood speaks better things to me than getting eaten by a jaguar. Jesus. Several of us men are walking down a mountain one night. It must have been seven or eight of us. And we're hiking, no light. And you hear this ever so soft noise. Of a, of a pads of a foot. All of us stopped, because we all know what it is. We're being stalked by a jaguar. And I mean, it's a whole bunch of us men. I figure the jaguar is probably after me. Because I'm the only one that's the wrong color. Everybody else is supposed to be there. They're part of the woods, but not me. So I told him, God said, all right, here's what the problem is. Have y'all ever noticed the one of these things doing this? No, this is first for us. Well, I reckon we ought to get ourselves into agreement that the demon don't win over us tonight. We stay together, and we call on the name of Jesus. Well, that thing got so pushy, he got in a tree right beside us and started talking to us. I told him, brothers, I said, look, I don't know what y'all's normal tactics is, but I know what mine is. Let's attack him. And then let's take off running. <laughs> that jaguar was up in that first limb on that tree. When we started running after him, he, le he leaped out of that tree. He took off. I don't know where he landed. And we started running and running and running, and we got away from him. But the Holy Ghost, you got to listen to me. Y'all probably won't ever have that problem. These are extreme problems I'm giving y'all on purpose. So you can understand that, that your problems are very great. God does care about them, but they're not the end of the world. Do you understand, church? So we're fixing to get in agreement. Is that all right? We're going to harmonize in the Holy Ghost. You got it? Is that okay? Can we do that? Jesus. Okay, stand up while I tell you one more thing. Because it's about time to start second service again. Jesus. Shipanuka. Taskamate. Jesus. You see, a few months ago my son was in service. My oldest son. And the Holy Ghost came. 
He was there representing me. He was in my place actually preaching the thing. It was a couple hundred people there. And we was preaching. I mean, he was. And as it got time for him to preach, they called him up there on the platform. He's just fixing to stand up there. He took a step forward and Jesus appeared. Because he's never had this kind of a manifestation. My son has. So I'm looking at him and, well, that's good. He said, that's not good, Daddy. Wait a minute. Wait a minute now. Now, when Jesus comes, it's good. He said, well, Daddy, as I was fixing to take a step up to go preach, Jesus stepped off the platform and started to leave. He didn't say a word to anybody. And my son thought the whole church was watching this go on. As Jesus started walking out, my boy is really, he's a lot like his mama. He's more, he's a lot more calm than I am. I am now up, 100%. It don't take, it takes less than a second and I'm, I'm hot. 100% hot right now. But her, she's progressive. But it's also progressive to get her out of it. Whereas me, I go up and down, it, it just as quick. Well, this boy, he just couldn't believe. Why is Jesus leaving? He dove over. I don't, I can't say as I'd have done this. But you see, he was raised different than I was. <laughs> he dove over a couple of our little old bamboo benches, those little bamboo benches, and grabbed Jesus by the robe and pulled on it. Now, he's a big old guy. <laughs> but Jesus is bigger. And Jesus stopped and turned and looked at him. Now, that would have been enough for me. If I would have had the courage to take the jump, the look would have probably stopped me. But it didn't, my boy. He looked at Jesus and he said, where are you going? He said, I'm leaving. Why? Unbelief. Now, right there, I'd have more than likely got up, went and got my backpack and Bible, and followed Jesus out. That's probably what I would have done. I've, but that's not what my son did. <laughs> he stayed on his knees with that robe in his hand. You know what he said to him? I believe. Jesus turned. And when Jesus turned around and took a step back, fire came in the house and blew everybody up. They told me it was like a pendulum. I talked to some elders who were there. It was like a pendulum came through. About the time you start recovering, which is about an hour, it come back the other way. It swung like that for eight hours. How about that? See, you can't take you can't take Jesus that long. You got things to do. You got to go skiing. You got to go watch some show down here in Branson. You got to go ride four wheelers. You got to go sit in the air conditioner, watch a baseball game. I mean, you, you got an agenda. Stupid one, but you got an agenda. When it comes to the glory of God, everything is done. 
and irrelevant. That's how come in our services we don't... I used to plan two or three services a day, you know, and we'd make most of them. I don't do that anymore. Now we start at 10 o'clock in the morning, and I usually get home about 2 o'clock at night. Because they go for hours. God just comes in, sits down, and I take it till I just can't take it no more. Somebody hauls me off to the truck and drives me home. I just all of a sudden say, I'm out of here, and they take me home. God's not, but I can't cut it no more. And you don't understand that term. Because your agenda runs your life. The Holy Ghost is prioritized in a small segment over here. And I'm not mad at you. But I want you to think about what you're doing with your life. All these things I've said that are aggressive and hard to you. They were calculated on purpose. But I want you to think, does that man really care or is he just taking cheap shots at us? See, you've got to decide that. But I want you to know something. I have traveled. I don't have the miles figured up yet. But it's getting up close to 50,000 miles in the last four and a half months. I'm just not interested in driving over here and making a cheap shot at you. It just doesn't, it's just not on my mind. But the truth is, drawing us closer to God is, showing us a way, a path, It'll take us to Jesus. Now, that's on my mind. Getting people healed. Shocking us back to reality and to truth. That's on my mind. And have Jesus walk out. If I feel that, I'm out of here. I'm not my son. I got to go with Jesus. So we're going to deal with unbelief this morning. So we can let the glory really happen tonight. We're going to deal with it. We're going to deal with unbelief. And we're going to call on the presence of God. And we're going to get in agreement. Y'all have been taught the power of agreement since you were first born again. But you very rarely will do that with anybody. You know it's a real fact. But you will not take the time to develop the relationship necessary to call down the power of God. We've got to get over our own selves and fears, y'all. We've got to get over unbelief and doubt. And we've got to get into the power of agreement with the Holy Ghost and with the covenant that speaks a better thing of us, the blood of Jesus. Okay, can we do that? Holy Ghost, come in this house.